Good morning, Christopher. Good morning, Carsten. How's it going? Good as always. And in a few seconds, my camera will be available. Awesome. We made it. Oh, great. great to see you. Oh, Technology. Uh, Technology at its best. I missed our conversations. The last conversation was already a week ago. We should change that and we should start with our third edition of Open Clouds Dev, our web and podcast, because last week we released uh, our first episodes to the podcast universe and already got some listeners. Um, that, that really helped me out, Carsten, because like, I really enjoyed to listening to us without having to see my face. That was awesome user experience. You know, we live in a user-centric world. Absolutely. So. I mean, that is, that is uh, uh, usability at its best if we are not forced to see our, I leave several words out, faces. Um, so, um, Chris, how are you doing? Oh, uh, all good. I mean, you know, it's only Tuesday, so uh, still kind of rolling into the week. Um, but yeah, just Monday was a lot to do, reading a lot of emails, answering a lot of emails. And today I spent a lot of time reading all the material you sent. And otherwise, um, I took part in the Microsoft Open Source Software Summit, a virtual summit hosted by Microsoft inviting industry leaders in the open source industry. Why haven't they invited me? About open source. Nobody invited you? That's unfair. Why did nobody why did nobody tell Microsoft you were available? Maybe they thought you were so blocked in your calendar that you just couldn't take part. Give me a second. <laughs> we need to have a word. Next time, just invite me. I can contribute. Right. Yeah. No, problem solved, right? Um, but, but frankly, Microsoft and open source, is that a good combination from your perspective? Well, you know, we, we don't have enough time today to elaborate that whole topic. <laughs> um, but I mean, what, what I will really give to Microsoft and what I did enjoy today um, is the combination of Microsoft and partners, because a lot of the messaging that Microsoft has been doing is, you know, everybody sees this banner, Microsoft hard Linux or Microsoft hard open source, you know, and a lot of people are trying to figure out where do they, you know, where do they take kind of the pride to put a logo like that out there? Um, and I think in this virtual summit, virtual conference that they're hosting, they really made a point because it's about their partnerships. It's about their community. A lot of the drive, a lot of the stuff that Microsoft is enabling um, is basically run through a lot of the partnerships and through a lot of the partner technology that Microsoft certifies users enables on their cloud. So that was pretty cool. It wasn't that much of, you know, this uh, self, preaching righteousness fest of Microsoft kind of, you know, uh, trying to tell the world how great they are, but it was more Microsoft telling the world how great communities and open source is, and I'm always good with that. So we should be friends with Microsoft now? Yeah, definitely, because, you know, I'm always, I'm always the guy 
be friendly, you know, be friendly and you might get friendliness back. And if you don't start being unfriendly, <laughs> you know, it's the karma thing. I have that here, you know, yin and yang karma. Do good and good will come around. Um, who of us is yin and who of us is yang? Everybody. It's the good and the evil and the evil and the good and the good and the evil. I know. I'm totally aware of that. But question is who of the both of us? <laughs> I think that's heavily dependent on uh, everybody's own moral compass. <laughs> oh, I'm out of the game. I do not have any kind of moral compass. Having said that, um, let's... Uh, oh, it's the German. Give me a second. I need to... I need to change something. Oh my gosh, I had German letters in here. What did I do? That's uh, not acceptable. Um, because we are a webcast um, and a, uh, a podcast, which is presented by someone. Isn't that great? Presented by the Cloud Report, and why aren't you visible at the moment? I guess it. Um, that's not modern, that. Cloud modern technology. That's modern technology. Now you are there. So, so are did you know something? Did you know something very, very awesome about the Cloud Report? And I'm gonna mention this because it's so, it's so cool. Non. Digital. Give me, give me a sec. Give me one second. That is now the moment where I need to start singing or whatever. No, no. But you know the coolest thing about the cloud report is you actually have a printed magazine, and you know there's not a lot of that culture left out there. And I love you know having a good magazine. I'm kind of old school. You can flip through it. It feels nice. That's awesome. Chris, I have an idea. Yeah. Why don't we invite next week uh, the editor-in-chief of the Cloud Report? Oh, um, yes. And she, she's a woman, um, she can uh, perhaps present one or two news of her choice, um, make us, you know, look a little bit more professional. Um, oh, yes. And explain perhaps some of the idea behind the magazine. What do you think of that? You know, without uh, any advertisement, yeah. whatever, just because, frankly, I'm totally on your side. The magazine is awesome. Um, yeah. and it's on paper. It's a printed one, and there's so much love in it. Um, we should, we should, we should talk to her. I'm, I'm going to talk her, and uh, I'm, I'm going to ask her. Uh, later on. Um, so, but enough of that shameless advertisement, advertisement block here. Our webcast and podcast is presented by the Cloud Report and the Cloud Report um, is basically the organization that ensures that we are now initially going to talk about security. Well, security. Now, always a good thing, then let's start with security. That's not security, what is currently visible there. Um, no, we want to talk about that article. Um, the article or the, the kind of analysis that is currently visible here is quite an interesting one. And I want to discuss that with you for a few seconds. 
So yeah. um, what we basically see here is result of an analysis and that result of an analysis of 2,500 certified Docker images basically showed that 80, 80, 80% of them had security issues. Oh man. And not even a light one, really one of those, uh, 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 you know, more complex and more challenging ones. So um, the certified images are pretty much the worst one. And the certified ones are uh, uh, basically uh, um, the images that are uh, provided by some companies um, that basically are provided by companies taking care of them 80%. I mean, make out of that? you know, that is it, is it maybe the oldest trick in the book? You know, just because if you slap a certified sticker on it, that kind of, you know, feigns security, feigns trust, yep. and then you'll be willing to use it. We do that. We do that every day in our private lives, you know, just because Google and Apple have an app store and certify apps, you know, we think we're secure when we download them. But what the actual app then does has nothing to do with the certification it got. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm figuring that might be the same problem. Uh, I, mean, I mean, with uh, uh, um, Docker in that regard, certified basically implies that uh, the images um, agree to uh, um, work across uh, specified lines of best practices um, and they have been tested automatically, so-called baseline tests. Um, the next level then would be official Docker image um, and uh, among those official Docker images, still 46% of them had you know, minor and major security issues. Um, and that is, uh, huh. Um, perhaps yeah. let's, let's talk about a little bit how that kind of uh, um, uh, analysis, uh, uh, you know, was executed. Um, the, 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 the analysts basically used um, um, an open source software scanner called Anchor Engine. Um, and they used own scripts uh, uh, to analyze uh, those uh, Docker images as well. And they basically combined those kind of results they basically got out of it. Um, and um, again, they checked 2,500 of those images, 80% of the certified ones, not just the ones I am uploading, because if I upload an image, it's not even certified, right? 80% um, of those certified ones had security issues 46% of the official ones, which had been looked upon by a team of Docker, still had security issues. Um, you know, you know what I make make out of that. So, um, I, you know, is this more a certification problem or a development problem? Um, frankly, um, I'm. How do I put it? Um, I couldn't care less um, because um, first of all, it is a major problem, right? Um, and um, it is uh, uh, something which is uh, uh, not working out uh, uh, on a long-term. Chris, are you still there? Ah, okay, because 
the image. Yeah, right? I think so. Um, anyways, um, I'm, I'm so kind of an off. Forgive me. Uh, what I make out of that is there is no chance that I will ever trust a Docker image again. If I wasn't in charge to create that, because Docker images are, you know, to many products, the underlying foundation. And if the underlying foundation of what is rolled out there is flawed, we are lost. That's nice. We hear a lot of telephone background by Chris. Um, let's see if we can get him back onto the game. That was pretty much just like last week. Chris, are you there? Does not look good. Does not look good. Anyways, I continue. Um, although it's not the same without Chris. Um, so, security. 2,500 images, 80% have issues. Um, Skype has network issues on his end. He's going to call me again. 80% have issues. Um, 46 of the official ones have issues. Um, if you have... Hello, Chris. There we are. Hello, Chris, you are back. Hello. Awesome. So I was, I was just, uh, uh, I was still um, um, basically uh, explaining where the problem to me is with that. Um, the problem basically is that um, I cannot trust Docker images. Um, yes. Because they are the underlying foundation of everything. Um, and then, you know, um, we run into a problem which basically uh, forces me um, to um, set up my own Docker images, right? That's the only way uh, 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 to, to prevent from that. So I need to be in control. I need to be yeah. uh, the one creating those images because then at least I would be in charge to resolve the security issues, right? Um, yeah, it, it also leads to kind of the... That's a, a very, very foundational question, which is do standards, if we implement them, actually limit us or do standards give us security or do standards open up a functionality that I want to do? And that for me is the main question because we do put a lot of trust in central registries and central, central certification programs and we'll download anything that kind of has a check mark on its back. Um, but the question is always, will it fit what I'm doing? Is it fit for strategy or maybe should I go down the route of just creating my own solutions? But hey, you know, that's all sorts. The problem here would basically, or the solution would be to, to ditch those images I cannot control and to create my own. Um, perhaps not the kind of news uh, uh, one wanted to have when, when basically opening the newsreader this morning. But frank, uh, because frankly, if I look at the sheer number 
um, that makes me very, very nervous, right? Um, I mean, even you know, in second instance, 46%, that's nearly half. And those are the official ones. The official images that are checked by a team of engineers and that have gone through some sort of uh, security and quality assurance. Wow. I'm wow. That's... I'm depressed now. Yeah, you know, kind of, it is kind of impressive. Even epic fails can impress you by, you know, just the magnitude um, of failing that they actually do. But um, if the guys are Docker... It blows me off the water, frankly. Yeah, I mean, you know, if the guys are doc at Docker are open and use kind of iterative processes, you know, maybe they might find learnings from this and make it better. Yeah, but I, frankly, uh, uh, if you look at the, the authors of the study, um, I'm pretty sure what the outcome will be. What do you think the outcome will be? They are from Norway, so they have no understanding. <laughs> they just won't understand. Exactly. <laughs> oh, come, come on, let's head over to something more... Uh, um, it's not positive, but uh, let's head over to a different topic. That one was really depressing. Um, so let's Super and awesomely super. Is <laughs> that what that means? I know what you mean. Uh, let's instead talk about drum rolls. <laughs> Point two million workers of NHS. Chris, what is NHS? The National Health Service in the UK. Absolutely. Will get teams. Yay. The NHS and Microsoft signed the deal. Let me yes. ask you one question. Actually, two. What the fuck? And uh, second question. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, what could possibly possibly go wrong by tying our health and well-being to a monopolist company that now has bought itself not into a kind of security functionality does this work topic, but an actual safety topic where it's about human lives. And if somebody decides to press a button and say, well, I don't care about that, or I'll double the cost or do anything, you're with your back against the wall and will have to comply to whatever this company does. But so that gives me a pretty safe feeling. Dear Chris. <laughs> dear Chris. Yes. I yes, mean, yes. they just use Teams for chat communications, won't they? So there's no way of them transferring like X-ray images, diagnoses and stuff like that. Uh, via Teams. They wouldn't do that, right? Wouldn't they? I, I cannot no. imagine somebody would be that... Hmm, huh, how, do you, how do I put it? That um, uh, naive to do that because they will definitely get uh, uh, um, to sign some regulations, right? And so we are safe, oh. we are secure. And don't forget, Microsoft has one of the best cloud environments ever. 
it is safe because it is the cloud. I mean, I don't want to display bad taste here, but, you know, imagine like one of the worst things that can happen to you if you're hacked or something goes wrong is somebody will put a naked picture of you online and you'll be really embarrassed. The new dimension will be people putting x-rays of me online that they stole somewhere and then I'm even more than naked and that will be awful. Uh, but jokes aside, um, a, a real problem you do have here is um, talking about security and people hacking into stuff. What will they hack into? The least used product and the least used option or the most used option. And where I'm seeing a problem here is that um, Teams and Microsoft is so commercial, it might help on the side of setting things up and maintaining them. It might also help kind of the evil side of the internet to maybe steal data because they know how to, because they've been practicing for the last 20 years. Um, yeah. But only time will tell. Um, otherwise, connectivity for doctors, in my opinion, is something really, really, really great because um, I'm from Germany and, and digitalization isn't as far as it could be over here. And my doctor still, you know, he has my file printed out. <laughs> so if he wants to look at my file, he doesn't take his iPad, you know, and, and just like look into everything. But he actually has like this container and he goes into his container and then he goes like, oh, Mr. Branson, been smoking Wait, and drinking Mr. a lot Branson, again. Mr. Branson, your doctor yeah. uses container technology. Oh, container oh, technology. Couldn't resist. couldn't resist. Oh, wow. I never thought of it that way. <laughs> no, but but in all honesty, um, I'm totally on your side in regard to um, that kind of um, that, that kind of technology, not a specific product, that kind of technology being something very desirable in that regard. Um, um, yes. It gives them a huge push. It makes things perhaps a lot easier. But what the fuck? Um, and why do they use uh, uh, a closed source product? Uh, why do they use a product that is ultimately running on some sort of a closed cloud environment? Um, let me let me let me be very you know grown up and adult. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, what the fuck? I, I, yeah. I don't get it. Frankly, I don't get it. I, I totally get the point again. But the product, um, the environment, and <laughs> let's just keep in mind, Microsoft is an American company. Um, and let's just keep in mind, UK isn't an American colony yet. Um, so uh, Cloud Act, anyone? Uh, never heard of that? Um, yeah, you know, also with with Brexit and, and the UK kind of, uh, separating itself from the EU, a lot of the medical restrictions and guidelines were actually EU guidelines. <laughs> and just figuring that this deal comes out now after Brexit has passed, leave, maybe leaves open a couple of questions. Um, but just talking from people I know that live in UK um, and relatives I have there, um, the NHS apparently is not the best healthcare system it's also they, not uh, the world underfinanced uh, uh, basically there were a lot of uh, cuts in the past years uh, a lot of uh, private hospitals actually running there without any additional support from the government in regard to the patients being in there um, so yeah yeah totally get your point um, but is that the right move 
it certainly um, is not the right move because I'm figuring um, health um, and anything around the topic of health um, should be a public domain and should be handled very, very, very openly. Um, But we've then, seen. Then you, then you would basically need a tool for your video conferences, such as Big Blue Button or, or Jitsi or whatever, and not Teams, right? I mean, you know, I, I, I really couldn't care less because, again, it's not about security or anything, it's about safety. And actually, the doctor should be practicing and not having video conferences. And in the time he, he or she, the doctor, sets up for his video conferences, I couldn't care less what they use. Um, um, because but, it's but about Chris, my health, Chris, it's about my safety. Perhaps you should care. Because <laughs> oh, the news is uh, um, that's, that's part of uh, what Sadinet was basically bringing out, but and it, it refers to something that uh, Zoom currently uh, uh, lived through. Um, pretty much regardless of what you choose, either Teams or Zoom or whatever, you choose a company that is trying to operate in specific markets, right? Um, yes. And uh, uh, the, 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 basically the current uh, thing that happened um, with those customers and uh, with those companies, pardon me, um, is basically that Zoom uh, uh, just decided to block some Chinese activists uh, off his software uh, because in his private Zoom conversations, He was basically uh, 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 remembering uh, um, and uh, basically uh, uh, discussing some of the events that happened in China, like, what was it, roughly uh, 31 years ago, 32 years ago uh, on Tiananmen uh, uh, yeah. place. Um, and he got blocked by Zoom for that. Yeah. Um, and isn't that something that uh, uh, basically uh, uh, implies huge problem then again um, because if you if you choose such a software such as zoom or teams or google meet skype whatever um, and it is not your kind of software running there you are basically uh, 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 you know in danger to get blocked although you just do your own private conversations over that kind yeah. of software and a company such as microsoft a company such as zoom a company such as google is basically complying with uh, uh, requests from uh, from china from from other authoritarian countries um, and that would basically Uh, uh, get you out of the game pretty much immediately, right? And then again, thinking of the NHS working with Zoom, uh, pardon, pardon me, uh, uh, with Teams in that regard, isn't that a real threat to, to freedom, to freedom of speech, to perhaps yes. confident, confidentially of data? Um, and then again, Wouldn't there be another way, such as using, again, open source software hosted in your domain uh, uh, with some sort of uh, open source kind of chat system involved, yada, yada, yada? Mm -hmm. um, wouldn't that be way more reasonable from your perspective? 
Um, definitely, it would be because um, either there has to be a, a huge, fat, huge banner um, on the company's homepage telling me what I can and cannot do there. Um, otherwise, they are actually actively kicking my right of freedom of speech and to have an own opinion and have a free opinion right in the nuts. Um, and and no, no, no matter what it is, who it is, which instance it is, there's just a very, very few things in, in human rights that I have um, and that no company should, should take from me. And, and the actual decision that has to be behind that, and it was in a couple of the other articles that uh, you sent this week, is actually I should stop using those tools from those companies because... Um, Yes, a company as a whole can support certain causes, can have a certain moral, a way of thinking, a mindset they operate in. Um, but what they can't do is trying to force me into their mindset and thinking or cut off my, my own personal freedom, which is free thinking, free speaking, um, and basically pretty much free free acting. How, how can this be? You know how... who. Was actually in the article, and I don't know this. Um, was mentioned how actually Zoom got to know of the content of the actual conversation they uh, banned the account for. No, I haven't found that, uh, uh, frankly. Right. Um, but that's an interesting question, right? What I suspect is basically that one of the participants of the conversation um, was perhaps working for uh, the Chinese government in that regard. Uh, uh, and informed the authorities. But then again, we are talking about, uh, although it might be, frankly, it might perhaps be illegal in China. Um, and um, that brings us to, to some, some pretty interesting uh, uh, level of conversation. If it is illegal in China, um, what does that imply for uh, basically, uh, in, that, in that case, Zoom? Um, could they basically ignore that because they are an American company? Um, yes. Or would they be forced to comply with Chinese laws? Um, no. Or uh, uh, is there something in between? Or is basically the law of uh, um, the one talking there, of the country, of the origin of the one talking there, uh, the one to be applied? And then again, we are still talking about some sort of private conversations, although there might be like 50 or 100 people in the call. That is one part of the question. Um, and it's quite quite simple. And don't get me wrong. I have the same questions, the same answers. Uh, but um, it's quite simple for you to say uh, they should just comply to U.S. laws because U.S. company. But on the other hand, what if those were not Chinese people? but German neo-Nazis. You know, same there. As long Eco-fundamentalists. You know, same there. As long as somebody's just using his freedom of speech, um, what should happen? I could say here in a webcast, I, I like eating babies, <laughs> but until I like actually do this, or it's proven that I do, Nobody should be butting in or taking our web webcast offline because it's just something I said and yes, not something stop, I did. Stop, stop, stop it here. Stop it here. You don't like eating babies, right? No, Just not make really. It clear. No, no. I, you know, like I don't like the way they taste. So. 
<laughs> no, but you know, what's happening here is in, in the case of Zoom, you know, we, we all got thrown into this, this awful, awful pandemic. We all had to work at home. And the one company that came to save us all was Zoom. It was easy. It was accessible. You didn't have that, that many problems with licensing, comparing it to Teams or something else. Um, and so what happened there is actually Zoom was kind of feigning the open source thing, saying like, yeah, we're, we're there, we're open, we're accessible to a lot of people, um, and you can come here and you can have your conversation. Unless somebody from China comes around and says, yeah, no, we don't want that. Yeah, and the problem was within, within the time that people got used to using Zoom, they started trusting Zoom because Zoom did something very, very awful, which was play with the emotions and play with the morals of people. We are here for you. We are the good company. And then people started using Zoom and they started telling their colleagues, friends and relatives, hey, there's this awesome tool. And if you're caught at home, you know, use it too. Um, and that's where kind of a fake trust collectively stood over rationale, stood over common sense. Um, yeah. And, you know, that, that, that's just where companies start using openness against us. It's it's very very interesting um, because that really goes down to the grassroots of of what is open source, what should a community be, not only in software, not only in open source, but but what should a community be, and how can I be a good part of this community? Absolutely, and then again, then again, the main question there for me then again is, can you trust the company uh, uh, with your own private conversation. Um, Zoom proved the answer is no. Um, and uh, frankly, again, going back to Microsoft, don't get me wrong, I'm not blaming, bashing, whatever Microsoft. Uh, really don't get me wrong. I have the highest respect of those guys. Um, and, you know, I know a lot of people working at Microsoft. Um, and they are a very open company. But nonetheless, and still, And ultimately, they are a company uh, and they want to make profits. Um, exactly. And if the freedom of speech might rival profits, I'm not sure if the answer is like black and white. We stay in for freedom of speech. Uh, be, and, and that would perhaps ultimately mean that Microsoft need to get out of uh, China in that regard. And there's a lot of business going on and a lot of money and it could even lead to situations where Microsoft is perhaps not profitable anymore. And then it gets even worse because then the freedom of speech and you know the, the, the standing for it could pose a, a serious threat uh, to that company. So from yeah. my perspective, the only way around that, bless you, the only way around yeah. that would be to take that kind of software, that kind of ecosystem out of their hands. Big Blue Button, Jitsi, there are several other open source frameworks and infrastructures that one could set up and run to have its conversation there. You could actually use a framework such as OpenStack uh, to set up your own private cloud environment. How did I get to that uh, idea? Um, but that is just true if your company did not abandon OpenStack. But that's a different story. Um, so, so the point is, the point is there. Um, 
there's a huge danger in that. Um, I'm not sure if I would trust Microsoft enough to give it my conversation, although frankly, we are using Teams all day in our organization. Uh, so here's using... a question. Here's a, here's a question for you, Carsten. If you walk down some coincidental street in Berlin, just any random street, and some guy walks up to you and gives you a lollipop, are you going to eat it or not? I guy just gives you a lollipop and walks on. What are you going to do? I won't eat it. Right? I, you, you will know it would probably taste good and it's free. That's awesome. Um, but you probably wouldn't eat it. And, and why do we people not transpose from that into, although people are giving us free services, free software, free functionality, nothing on this planet comes for free. So just be aware. That's the old, one and only precaution. That kind of uh, lollipop that one person is giving me in, in Berlin. Um, that might not be an open source and free lollipop. It might be a poisoned one. Um, and with open source technology and with open source software, think of uh, uh, the B-21 bomber last week with Kubernetes. Yes. Yes, obviously your software can be used in such a scenario, obviously. But with open source software, you at least have the kind of reviewability you have the community sitting there and looking into that and trying to find problems. And then that software is if done and set up properly, owned by the community. It's not owned by some individual kind of company. Um, yes. And there's a huge difference. Um, and there yes. that kind of analogy uh, with the uh, lollipop might not be the one. Um, I, I, by the way, I might have uh, decided differently if you would have, or the person would have given me some sort of beer or whatever. Oh, free beer is what free works. Beer. I Forget I everything. Free beer, everything needs to be good. Um, speaking of free beer, let's head over to the software section of things. That's Yes. Damn it. It's uh, already Tuesday. We have done it. Chris, we have done it. Germany is uh, second. Um, but we have done it. Yeah, we have our own Corona tracing app. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, Germany uh, uh, released, an Apple, uh, released a Corona tracing app for Apple and Google. What do we make yes. of that? So have this, you, have, this have was the, it just gave me so much entertainment, Carsten. Have, have, have you already installed it? <laughs> Yeah, and I, I, the, the funniest thing I saw, and I really nearly peed my pants on that one, were a bunch of people complaining on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter that this <laughs> app is evil and collects all their data and yes. you shouldn't download it. And that was, you know, that was just, it was a highlight for me. You know, Absolutely. I just enjoy it. I enjoy Where the pureness of the internet. Where? Uh, on, on Instagram? On Facebook? Um, and you are afraid of your privacy? Uh, well, no. <laughs> that's, you know, that's so funny. Um, but, but, you know, other than that, um, I, am, I am largely impressed because this is and something digital. on it in just four weeks? Yeah. That's you know, pretty... That's, that's German uh, uh, generosity, right? We managed to spend 20 millions for T-Systems and SAP. 
<laughs> and uh, for a net that is largely, largely based on already existing open source software, because who was first? Right, the Swiss. Um, and the Swiss Corona tracing app actually using the same kind of uh, uh, um, APIs provided by Apple and Google. That Swiss app was released several weeks ago already. Actually, the Swiss um, 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 invented that API jointly with Apple and Google um, because it was basically driven by some uh, Swiss universities. Um, yes. And open sourced it. And then Germany came around and said, awesome thing, we need 20 million euros for T-Systems and SAP to make an already existing open source app into a already existing open source app. I mean, it looks different, but the functionality is absolutely same um, and you know, like we what we probably did there was the german way out of these 20 million 19 million 999,900 euros were spent on evaluating if this is actually an option and thousand bucks were spent on building and releasing the app absolutely but, we did it the german way <laughs> that is german but, engineering um just throwing a lot of money on a problem uh, you know, creating some sort of shiny surface on it. Um, yeah. And then, uh, you know, just starting the drums to roll and uh, to, to ensure that uh, everybody knows that Germany was first, second, but first among the big countries. Um, yeah. Um, but frankly, it was released now and that is important. Um, I actually installed that one and um, during the process of discussions, and that process actually started earlier than just, you know, working on the application, uh, the German government did an interesting U-turn. Um, and I really, I really appreciate that. Um, because that kind of Corona tracing app is working with decentralized um, um, data storage. Um, so there's nothing like a centralized store for all the data. Um, again, it's basically the same model as the Swiss application um, and that is very important in regard to privacy and good thing the application on its own is open source although although look into uh, uh, the, the you know the light gray uh, uh, the text written in light gray on slightly lighter gray background um, it is still owned by SAP and T systems But not yeah, decentralized storage. Is that corporate responsibility in some in in some form? I don't know. Frankly, let me put it that way: hand that money over to me. I'll take care of your corporate responsibility. Yeah, um, you know, I what what I just think is is really really important because I've seen a lot of discussions around the topic: should I download this? Should I use it? Should I not? Again, from I my side, it on all of my devices. Exactly. From my side, you know, I'm going to say 
definitely use it um, every day when you get into your car. You have the choice to I want to wear a seatbelt or uh, don't I? There's been so many negative press releases saying like seatbelts kill more people than they save lives. There are YouTube okay. videos that say that. Yeah, you know, like there like are experts. Uh, we, we're back to this trust thing, you know, um, and earlier I said better than trust is using common sense and common sense dictates in a situation like this, no matter if, if, if you're really behind it or not, but use this app because this app will maybe for one help save lives and for the other, the faster we really get in complete control of the whole pandemic and the corona crisis, the faster we can all go outside again. So for me, I couldn't care less, even if they steal all my data that they already have, because it's the state. Um, this is somewhere where I can do my very, very little part of making the world a better place by installing an app on my phone. Yeah, but uh, I give you a different perspective. Quite openly, it's not my perspective, but I was confronted with that one. Um, you cannot trust the state. Um, the state is just trying to control you. That app oh. is basically uh, some sort of a Trojan horse onto your uh, device. So even more uh, uh, ways of controlling you. Um, then uh, 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 that app is uh, basically pointless and useless uh, because uh, it's state issued. Um, and yeah. uh, Corona doesn't even exist. Uh, and by the way, I post that on Facebook. Anyways, um, no, just, just take away the, the two last sentences, that kind of argumentation uh, uh, I was just confronted with this morning when I was talking to some of my fellow colleagues um, about that. Um, specifically and frankly, uh, uh, part of their concern is that, uh, you know, that app is uh, uh, state-backed Uh, uh, and it is uh, uh, being released by the help of SAP and T-Systems and they got 20 million euros for that. Um, and um, the people just say, at least those uh, uh, going that route, they just say, no, I do not trust uh, the German state, German federal state. I do not sure. trust their uh, embodiments. Um, Yeah. And when I was basically talking to them, uh, guys, you are, you know, if, if, if privacy is your concern with that app, uh, which is open sourced, uh, which has been reviewed uh, and which is under severe, really severe uh, uh, um, um, uh, audition uh, uh, from the outside world um, and severe auditing. Um, and there are processes being laid around. If that is your concern, why don't you use, or why do you still use an Android phone where you give all the exactly. data away to Google? Why do you use Twitter, Facebook, uh, 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 LinkedIn, uh, uh, Instagram? Why do you use TikTok or whatever if privacy was your concern? Um, and the answer frankly, was like, yeah, but they are not the state. Uh, let me put it that way. And I, I address those persons directly now. So Chris is not visible. No, I make him visible. Give me a second. Uh, uh, Chris will be visible. There he is. No, that's the wrong I one. I stand behind No, I did not want to see you. No, I, I just wanted to. to uh, I wanted to be visible and I wanted to have Chris. <sighs> 
there we go. Um, I wanted to have Chris on on the screen. Um, so <laughs> I'm addressing you guys now. If you feel like your data is more secure with privately owned companies that try to get away from any and every kind of regulation, if you feel like the traces you are giving towards, uh, uh, you know, privately owned companies without any regulations are, um, how do I put it? They are less dangerous and less obvious uh, uh, than the traces you are given when using that app. Let me put it that way. Nope. Nope. Absolutely nope. Not right. Frankly, and to be honest, absolutely we cannot force anyone to use that kind of application. Absolutely not. And it should be uh, 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 some, some, you know, it should be your choice. Um, definitely agree with that. Um, there should be no force. So, also, you know, as long as you live basically at least somewhere in the Western world, and if you're not going to trust the state you live in, then basically your Skype connection is broken. <laughs> um, Change the world and do your part, me. you know? Chris, pardon me. That, that's just it. Yeah, but your Skype connection was just broken when you said you do not trust the state you are living in. That was a coincidence, wasn't it? Maybe, you know, maybe that was pure coincidence. <laughs> damn it, damn it. So then again, frankly, I do want to stop here in regard to the COVID app. Uh, uh, but the point is, if uh, uh, privacy is your concern, you should be skeptical. And you should perhaps not use that app, but, and ultimately, you shouldn't even think of using an Android phone, a Google browser, any kind of Google service or Microsoft service or whatever, because they spy at you. They collect your data. And now, let's send over or let's switch over to a more appropriate topic. GitHub is doing the right thing. Just to put it shortly, GitHub is replacing hey, the word. You're you're pretty pretty quiet. Did you change something with with the volume? No. Because I'm at max and I can barely hear you. No. Uh, my volume is nice. My sound levels look nice. Oh well, you know I have a solution for that. I'm a tech guy. I have practiced this. Oh hmm. gosh, I need to sing again. Now I hear you again. The awesome. Back here. So, <laughs> back to all the honest things. Um, GitHub tries to get rid of GitHub. Master in all of his terms he's using or they are using. Um, that's because of the racial stigma there. Um, what do we make of that? Uh, well, I, I make very, very clear things. Uh, for one, 
due to recent situation, Black Lives Matter. The second thing is all colors are beautiful. And the third thing is it, there could be nothing more useless than what GitHub is doing at this point. It's the same as not saying fireman anymore because it could be a firewoman. It's like uh, making problems out of thin air. And it's like these people on Facebook who post something about cancer and kids and wars and if you give me a like on this post you've changed the fucking world no you haven't if you want to change the world then go out and change something if you if you don't want to want to be a nazi asshole you know then then just be an open person and and stand behind your opinion that you are good with every human being and every human being has a right to live it has nothing to do that in my everyday work I could be pressing a button which has a word on it that could also be used in a different context. And basically, that really made my brain explode when I read that. I don't know what your opinion is. I'd like to hear it. Well, first of all, I agree with uh, uh, what you said in regard to not being an asshole. Go outside, fight for it. Black Lives Matter. Uh, totally agree on that. Um, I learned to some extent that um, um, currently is very important to say black lives matter, uh, but to not forget that all lives matter. But there's no way that you can weight one against the other, right? If you say black lives matter, all lives matter, and you do not have to say that then again. So um, that is, but it is just one thought there. And um, the other thing is, um, and there, I let me put it that way. Five years ago, I would have agreed to you without hesitating in regard to that just being some sort of uh, uh, pretty obvious move by them. Um, but what I yes. in the in the last years is basically that language kills, um, and um, basically what what the idea behind that move of of, of GitHub would basically be that um, with, uh, um, you know, exchanging words, for example, using main branch instead of master branch or using secondary branch instead of, I don't know, slave branch, uh, is there something like a slave branch, but you get the point, um, or with uh, using um, um, uh, or avoiding terms such as blacklist uh, instead of using something uh, uh, along those lines of, of um, positive or negative list or denial or approval list um, what you basically do with that if you do that um, you free and you get rid of some of uh, um, you know those those unspoken kind of stereotypes um, and it took me a while to realize that that is actually true we had a discussion in our organization just four, five months ago, um, when we basically talked about uh, um, how we address each other. A word like guys, for example. Um, and um, um, I'm totally on your side. That kind of, of thinking is quite often used to do some politics or to do some statements, yeah. uh, but not to tackle any kind of problems. But if you think of that, if you have uh, a diverse team, if you have a mixed team and you approach them with 
Um, yes. If it is a generic uh, or some sort of common term with like guys, but frankly, by the by the meaning of the word, it basically refers to a group of men. Um, if you think of that, that is some sort of perhaps not racism, but it it basically manifests something. And on the other hand, it's the same as uh, uh, give me a second. It's the same as with using that kind of face mask and going outside. Frankly, where's the matter? I can do that. Um, it costs me literally nothing, um, but it is part of what basically educates other people. Um, because those stereotypes that are in the language manifest things. Um, frankly, the IT community might be perhaps uh, uh, the, the, the some sort of a very soft target because many of our community are very open-minded. But yes. if you think of, for example, uh, artificial intelligence uh, and why artificial intelligence quite often fails, that has to do uh, uh, with perhaps racial stereotypes. Um, and it's the problem with those stereotypes is it's not like that we are talking to each other and saying, ah, look, that person is, is black and that's why it is worthless. Uh, and we, we perhaps even value that person. We perhaps even say, wow, I do not make any kind of difference. But I use a language that might be offensive and um, that basically... Um, Uh, uh, is based on some sort of um, uh, already established patterns. Speaking of yes. artificial intelligence, for example, um, one of the news I want to bring in, give me a second, uh, uh, because uh, let me put it that way, I'm, uh, uh, um, I'm, I'm, uh, we are way beyond our time scale, but, uh, you know. But hey, I'll hand it to you, smooth transition. Um, but, but, but the point just, is... Just, yeah. The point is there, um, and it's not just Microsoft who uh, uh, won't sell any facial recognition software to polices anymore. It's uh, the same uh, with IBM and with Amazon. Um, but the point is that um, why don't they sell that kind of software? Remember end of last year uh, when there was some sort of uh, um, analysis of Amazon's AI-based facial recognition software and that software failed yeah. miserably on black people's faces. <laughs> you know why yes. it happened? I don't know, because it was set up that way. No. Um, yeah, no. Uh, uh, it happened because um, the people um, that worked on that software didn't think of, of uh, diversity in that regard. They just feeded the software with way more people of white people than of black people because it is their environment. That's what they are used to see. And yeah. literally for the software, wow. one black person looks similar to another black person. It does not have an, uh, did not have enough data to, to uh, basically understand the differences there. Um, And that is basically the problem where I basically started thinking or perhaps changing my mind because, again, I was pretty much arguing the same way as you did. But 
that kind of uh, but just a question you know what 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 we're using ai and ml facial recognition all this stuff for is kind of the stuff we do as humans always make our life easier um, but no matter what the AI, no matter what the facial recognition will say, it, the only thing that that will trigger is a human action. You remember back in the day, there's a guy called Isaac Asimov. He's like this guy who wrote a lot of sci-fi novels about robotics. And one of the rules that he set up there, or basically one of the things that, that you come to realize is a computer will only think as far as you can program it to think. And the actual action, for example, facial recognition at the airport says, this guy is a problem. This guy is, you know, security flag check on him. The actual reaction will still be down to a human reaction and the human emotion and the human being an asshole or not. And so, you know, the, it, it all comes back down to the point. Um, start with yourself. Start being a good human and a good human being. Um, and then when you do that, start thinking about the products you use and the software you use and the stances you take and the opinions you have, because otherwise it's all worth nothing. It will always come down to, I don't know, a chemical process in my brain making me do something. But that is founded on my experience and my moral and all of the fiber that makes up myself. The same is true, the same is true for, for uh, basically artificial intelligence, as you pointed out. Um, but then again, that is triggered and driven by what we see and how we speak and how we interact. Um, racism and uh, uh, being uh, um, basically some sort of biased, um, which is not to say that you are biased, um, uh, 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 but, but racism and that kind of bias actually starts with language. Because yes. that is what you hear in the very morning. Um, that is what you read through all the day. Um, and it basically establishes pictures in your mind, right? Yes, um, very true. And um, that is basically the problem there, um, and not uh, 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 the kind of um, uh, not the kind of uh, uh, yeah, uh, not a problem with uh, or not not the idea of naming a branch master or main or whatever. But it starts with those small things, um, and although I right that there are perhaps things a little bit hysterical at the moment. Um, yes. Nonetheless, the idea from my perspective is absolutely right. Um, and I actually second that. I keep coming back to, to what we just read here, not, not the Microsoft news, the, I was more referring towards uh, 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 the GitHub uh, uh, news here. Um, that thing is then again, not that bad at least from my perspective. Does it make sense? Oh, well, you know, for me, it's, I, I wouldn't call it bad because um, doing something is better than doing nothing. That's the clear, clear signal they're sending. It could be such a tiny thing as renaming this, this yeah, yeah. word that normally stands in the bottom left corner of your IDE. Um, and it's doing something. It's showing we, we are here, we are helping. And that's actually, you know, ties into what I said. We, we care about that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, and that is very important to me, and forgive me uh, uh, that pun there, because there's no pun intended. There should be nothing like uh, a policy enforcing that. 
uh, right? No. Uh, like, like, oh, you just named it master. Um, um, you are never ever supposed to do that because then again, that just causes uh, a rejection. Um, um, you need you need to explain it. You need to sensibilize for that, um, and you need to perhaps even uh, um, educate a while uh, until the message yes. comes through. Uh, but there is yes. nothing like a policeman standing there like, yeah, um, that is basically wrong. And now you are getting hit and punished or whatever. Um, no. no. Yeah, you know, I think a good way um, GitHub could have, you know, added a couple of browning points with me would have been to make the change and then release the press article. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because that would, would, would show so much more for the cause than, than publishing this in, in multi-million PR websites, blah, crap, uh, getting impressions and likes and whatever it is, you know, gathering, gathering the, the free advertisement that comes with it, but actually saying, hey, you know, I'll, I'll just do this and I'll tell people about it later or wait for somebody to find it out. Then that would have been really awesome. Yeah. But otherwise, as mentioned, I think it's, it's cool. It's okay. Um, it's just, you know, you always have to be very, 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 very careful. I come, I'm one of these guys, I come from this, what, what they call the offended generation. Um, because I bet if I post, I love peace and I am a good person into the internet, um, somebody's going to find some way to turn that into something bad. And somebody's going to find a way uh, to drive his own propaganda through good words that I'm spreading. Um, and that's why we just have to be very, very careful in today's communication how we do use words, opinions. I just read in, uh, uh, um, some sort of Twitter statement by a colleague of mine, which I really value. And he said, I'm off of Twitter for at least half of another year. Uh, uh, I need to, to detox a little bit uh, because the problem is not that I might find a lot of interesting people here and a lot of information here problem is that I get offended all the time. Pretty much regardless of what I say, they are so yes. uh, there's no such thing uh, um, than some education and some culture. It's just plain aggressivity uh, and aggression. Um, and um, ultimately, I totally get that. I need to detox from Twitter, for example, every quarter of a year for like two or three months because it makes me sick. Um, but frankly, that sounds a lot like old people complaining of the youth, doesn't it? Um, okay, boomer. You know, by that, I stand by that. You will pay my rent later on. Oh, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, the, the generation gap because, yeah, you know, born in 86, <laughs> growing up in the 90s, um, you know, starting to use whatever the 2000s put on the table. Um, it's, it's really, really hard because I'm not allowed to have an opinion. I should work a lot to pay the bills for others. And all the people I could collaborate with get offended by anything I say. But hey, I still enjoy life, you know. <laughs> it's fun. That, that actually offended me. Oh, okay, no problem. Um, Being open means accepting that you are offended. <laughs> um, let me put it that way, Chris. If you ever want to do something right, head over to Alibaba because they uh, want to add 5,000, 5,000, 
zero uh, new stuff to their cloud unit. 5K people. Um, and that is what they want to stuff them to is basically, uh, um, let me let me just get down to that. Alibaba, 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 Alibaba. They want to uh, basically uh, bring that in, give me a second, into their AI uh, 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 units, into uh, um, their uh, uh, technical units, um, and uh, not so much into their sales unit. Alibaba is trying to step up the game a lot um, because currently they are fourth largest cloud vendor in the world and they want to get closer. They want to uh, uh, close the gap uh, uh, between them and, uh, you know, the big names. <laughs> yeah, the fun thing is... Um... Alibaba, you know, is, is, is founded, run and operated in a very, very repressive state. Um, and actually myself as a customer, I can't really book services on Alibaba because I'm not based in China and it would be illegal for me to do so. Um, but yeah, you know, every, every company, every internet company I've met in the, in the last 10 years, if we really, really break it down to the ultimate and the wet dreams that the CEOs of these companies get, it's, be the next Amazon, be the next Google, be the next Facebook, you know, put it like you want. How often um, have you heard that, right? Yeah. And, okay, oh, good on you, Alibaba. Give it, give it a shot. Um, it's just interesting to see, because um, I, I have listened to different technical talks given by um, Alibaba architects. Um, and since they are cut off from, from such a part of the information in the world, um, they actually do have pretty an uh, interest of, of building and deploying um, a cloud framework cloud system, yeah. Yeah. Um, which, which makes them very, very cost effective and productive. And that is something due to a lot of not, not calling it out here, wanting to put, put any weight behind it, but due to a lot of laws and regulations and stuff we have to do over here in Europe. Um, and openness to the world, so we have to comply to all of the rules, um, just makes it slower in the development, slower in the innovation at that point, and uh, more expensive to run. And that's something fascinating, you know, seeing, seeing that I, I wouldn't want to live in China because of the large censorship that you have there, um, that that actually is for them a multiplying factor in business. So, yeah, lesson learned there. <laughs> um, um, cloud is one of the guess like 21 or 26 uh, uh, areas of growth uh, China identified like last year ago and where they, they are going to invest another billions of uh, not only RIMBY but dollars and euros as well. Um, and that is basically uh, uh, from my perspective part of that kind of initiative. Frankly, uh, Alibaba does not only want to uh, um, stuff in, in China, They also want to uh, uh, staff their development centers all over the world. Uh, so there will be a, a more um, kind of global uh, perspective on that. But nonetheless, I'm totally on your side. The Chinese ecosystem in regards to cloud is very, very fascinating. Um, and it is not actually limited by uh, uh, some, some restrictions. It is actually very, very creative. Um, and when some of our guys have been over to China like two years ago, 
he basically wanted to in, uh, investigate into doing business there. They basically came back and said, yeah, no, uh, let's close our <laughs> vaults because um, they are like three, four, five years ahead of us yeah. uh, in regard to technology adoption, in regard to how they use cloud environments. Um, and I feel like that is still true. Although, frankly, uh, I wouldn't consider Alibaba my first choice, but that is not because Alibaba is a Chinese company or uh, Google, Amazon, Microsoft are American companies. That is then again more like because I value a company which is originating from Europe. Uh, uh, and then we are back on where we were talking about last week, uh, uh, Gaia X, for example. Um, that is, um, no, I do not want to dig deeper into that, although that caused a lot of controversial uh, discussions over the last days as well. Um, but nonetheless, um, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to continue to say that I'm a strong proponent of a European cloud or of European cloud offerings um, because um, they comply best with our way of living. Uh, with our approach to technology and with our local needs. Um, that is not meant in a way that, that is, um, I don't know, separating uh, uh, us from the others. It's more like specific needs might, you know, require specific answers, right? Um, and yes. that does not render Alibaba my first choice. That does not render Microsoft my first choice. Uh, that renders local cloud vendor ABC and ping you ping me if you want to have my word on that or 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 open your cloud report and look here because they test clouds AWS, Azure, Google Cloud, IBM, OTC, uh, uh, OVH Cloud, and other cloud vendors are tested by them. And that leads us pretty much to the end of our conversation because oh, wow. I made a real, real elegant kind of closing statement. Do not use Alibaba. Use the cloud report. <laughs> uh, use, use the cloud report. Yes. And, oh. uh, and if you are wondering where to get your cloud report from, HTTPS, double point, double slash, the minus report dot cloud. Um, and frankly, it can be your daily source of news as well. And Chris, if we would look more regularly into their website, we would yes. be more intelligent. Oh, I bet. I bet. We would not need to do that kind of web and podcast, wouldn't we? Um, oh, exactly. Um, so, Chris, let's stop it here uh, 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 because, um, frankly, I am totally aware that you're already here for half an hour in the next meeting. Um, my apologies on that. Um, <laughs> not. Um, if you, not you personally, but you listeners and uh, you know uh, the, the audience want to reach out to us, either. Uh, approach me directly via Twitter um, because I'm not on detox, at least not now. Uh, uh, my handle is at Samashki um, or approach us uh, uh, on our Twitter channel, uh, Open Cloud Steph. 
Um, or uh, Chris, uh, where can they find you? Is there a way to find you somewhere on the internet? Oh, generally not. Actually, you know, that's my stealth method. I don't have Twitter. I don't have YouTube. I know uh, I can find you. Have, I have Facebook, but that's pretty much private. I don't use I it for public where communication. I find you. And I really where? recommend following him there. Ooh, on LinkedIn. On LinkedIn. Yeah, Just look for him. <laughs> it's Christopher Branston. Um, and it's worth following him and contacting him. Um, my name is Karsten Samaski. Again, Samaski at Samaski on Twitter, Facebook, Insta. Um, and I've, I'm not completely wrong on LinkedIn as well. If not, just perhaps not Google me, DuckDuckGo me. Um, or in the worst case, Ecosia me. Uh, uh, or uh, Bing me. Use the yellow pages to find you. That would be old school. <laughs> you know, you can find me. Um, and if you want to, to uh, uh, you know, follow us, feel free to do that. Um, thanks for your attention. Thanks for being with me, Chris, this week again. Really looking forward to what next week. Yes. Uh, we'll see how this week, next week, I promise you, and you will hate it. We will talk about Apple because Apple uh, is starting uh, their Worldwide Developers Conference next Monday and they will uh, release and discuss uh, the shift to ARM technologies. Um, Which is for awesome. For the processors. And that is an awesome thing. And we should discuss that. Although this web and podcast is not about mobile technology but that is a huge thing uh, and effect and it, and it affects software um, apple might also uh, uh, um, lay out some changes towards the cloud model uh, towards the ecosystem and um, there were just current uh, uh, informations about apple getting sued in europe uh, for their app store um, so we will discuss that next week although It won't be an Apple show. It will be the open cloud staff, web and podcast, everything around cloud with, you know, us. And uh, us is, uh, uh, you know, Chris Branson. Beautiful. Famous guy. Follow him and me. His. Uh, Carsten and Chris. That's, that's beautiful. As long as it is not Klaus and Klaus. And uh, for those who are not aware of that, just Google it. And you need to Google that uh, and YouTube that. Chris, let's stop it here. It's not getting any better. Yes. Uh, with this, for this week, thank you for viewing. Treat open source as open source treats you. And don't forget to... Like, share, subscribe and comment. Thank you. See you later. <laughs> Bye.